Hello and welcome to the show. Now the shift towards OTT streaming and particularly direct-to-consumer services, that's DTC, is not really up for dispute. Now, this was true before the pandemic and even more so as a consequence of it. Yeah, 80% of consumers in the US now subscribe to at least one paid streaming video service according to Deloitte Insights June 2020. This staggering number goes a long way to demonstrate the rapidly evolving media landscape and consumer viewing preferences. So today we're speaking to Eric Ramberg, who's VP Head of Global Business Development at MediaKind. Now, Eric's going to be walking us through why the popularity of direct-to-consumer services has seen such a sharp rise, how they can potentially benefit broadcasters and content owners, and what future service models might look like in the future. Yeah, hi, Eric. Nice to see you. Um, so can you highlight some of the technological advancements that you're that you're seeing impacting the provision of, of direct-to-consumer offerings right now? Thank you. Um, yeah, there, there are several different technology trends that have really come together over the past five years and kind of at this strength point now, this maturation essentially in the industry to be able to take advantage of them. Um, certainly, all the investments globally from a cloud infrastructure point of view are, are super important. Uh, being able to have multiple availability zones within a region to be able to foster high reliability services. Um, all those aspects of it are, are key parts to it. Um, but further, you know, it's really that adoption across the industry of the, the cloud tech stack. Um, you know, understanding, you know, container development orchestrated by Kubernetes, et cetera, the mentality of DevSecOps, that's developer security operations. So that way yeah. people have this continuous mentality of how they are creating a service, maintaining the service, securing the service. Um, th those are, those are key parts of it. Specifically, though, in the M&E space, I think it's a, the media and entertainment space, it's important to talk about, um, you know, things that, like, I think media kind is especially strong in, and that is bringing in the tradition of a studio broadcaster quality levels, um, the, the tradition of operator high reliability requirements in there, and, and really kind of um, all, I guess it really kind of all comes together when you talk about live streaming, you know, where you need not just that high quality level, not just that reliability, but you need the, the lowest latency, you need it to be highly secured. Um, all those pieces really come together and push the technology uh, to the limits. Mm. Right. So just to maybe rewind it a little bit, Eric, there, what, what, what do you specifically mean by direct-to-consumer? Because, you know, most things mm -hmm. are direct-to-consumer. And, and what's the attraction for, broadcaster, for broadcasters and content owners to provide these offerings? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe to, to super simplify it, direct-to-consumer means the entity of which is producing the content has a direct relationship with the consumer. Okay? And that is really so key yeah. to it. So that means that they, in terms of putting their brand in front of the consumer and owning how their brand is presented to the consumer, being able to maintain an engagement with the consumer, and very importantly, to understand how they utilize the service and consume that uh, um, th those assets that um, whatever the content happens to be, you know, the data aspect of that. What are they willing to pay for? What are the ads do they watch? Do they not watch? All those pieces like that. Um, those are really, really some of the key pieces of it, uh, that why they want to do it and what it means to be able to have that direct relationship with the consumer. Mm, okay. And how, so, but how do they benefit? How, you know, 
What's the appeal of doing this? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I, you might have already answered that, but I'm struggling with, you know, what's the real argument for doing it this way? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the real argument is to be able to, well, one way to look at it is to stand back and look at the, the content creation cycle, okay? Um, yeah. In the, yeah. how it was 10 years ago was, was really, it wasn't a virtuous cycle necessarily. So there was lots of different pieces in the chain to be able to get, create the content and then get it out in front of a consumer and be able to measure and understand um, how it's used and what is, and whether it impacts, you know, how they essentially impacts the consumer by having this tighter cycle, you know, they can then affect your investments going forward in terms of whether it's films or whether it's episodic series, whether it's sports and how they go beyond the game and create even more uh, richer experiences. Um, all those things, they can have a much tighter circle, which as we know, uh, uh, you know, the yeah. whole business cycle is so much tighter than it was 20 years ago. This is now replicating itself in the content area. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I get that now. Yeah. So the COVID-19 pandemic, Eric, it's obviously impacted many, many things. And we've seen and spoken to lots of people that are doing more streaming now and uh, and OTT services. What sort of long-term trends are you seeing emerging? Yeah, it's a great question. As you say, uh, so many of these things have been moving in this direction for a long time. And we knew what the destination was going to be, but um, it was just sort of really when, and, and the pandemic really has accelerated so many aspects of it. I mean, when you think about it, like what are some of the key things that people needed? Well, they needed to entertain themselves. They needed to entertain their kids, their family. They just, there was more sort of a need for that because all the other sorts of aspects of life kind of, were, were, were out of touch, unable to hit. Uh, they also needed to replace that loss social contact aspect of it. That's the energy that, you know, from seeing people or being at an event and having those things happen. They need, they were again, searching for something to replace those things. And so, you know, those things are really, you know, drove so much of, of the adoption and sort of the, yeah. I would say really the, 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 the breadth essentially of, of use of D to C uh, over the past year and also the variety of it, you know, there was, no one would think of doing a film festival like online, you know, uh, virtually in the past, no one would, would think of doing an intimate uh, jazz concert and just stream it out to 500 people and, and, and say that was a worthwhile event. Uh, but the, the pandemic has really changed that, changed the, the landscape for that. Well, going forward, I think maybe a key aspect of it is that, um, uh, you know, and let's, let's look past like, like the pandemic, this transition period we're going to go through over the next year or so, you know, when some people are more comfortable and some people are less comfortable about, you know, getting back out and, and sort of being involved in those things. Um, if we look beyond that, what I see is a, a really an opportunity here for more people to participate in events than they did in the past. And so I'm gonna focus here maybe on events because that's so much of what was lost in the pandemic. So, you know, whether that's because I, I'm here, you know, based in the Bay Area, California, and there's uh, there's a concert going on in London, I could attend. I don't have to buy an airplane ticket to be able to see it. 
um, maybe I have a disability and I, I can't get into a venue or something like that and be able to have maybe the best seat of the house. I would like to be, you know, courtside and I can't be courtside, you know, for, for some reason. Maybe, you know, my life, the structure of my life because of with my family or my job or other stuff like that prevents me from being able to, you know, attend certain things. You know, now we're going to have this opportunity to be able to bring more people in to the full. You know, one of the, the film festivals we worked with last year, they they were like they were like they had like 30 or 40 percent of the people who attended were first time attendees who wanted to attend in the past, but they couldn't attend. You know, and this is nothing to do with the pandemic. It's just because of other reasons. And uh, to, that's just, I think, a really interesting aspect that will be different in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I'm interested, okay, uh, in the future, event organizers and, 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 and uh, broadcasters, content owners will be uh, wanting more engagement, I think. That that seems to be a big, mm -hmm. a big thing. Yep. I'm kind of interested now. You've come on. We haven't really found out where does MediaKind fit in? What are you doing? In the, what are you going to be doing in the future to help? These, how are you evolving your product, yeah, your offerings? Yeah, thank you. I think a, a key part of it I kind of alluded to earlier is the fact that, you know, our, our history, our tradition, our legacy is with working, you know, with the, the broadcasters, the, the sports leagues, with uh, the operators at all, you know, who in their traditional way of delivery um, and um, D2C, I say pre-pandemic was really just in an early maturation phase and where maybe the, yeah. the bar in terms of quality, reliability, you know, being able to have, you know, low latency, um, at scale, those pieces that weren't quite at the, the same needs as the traditional industry was. Well, now that's different. Now it needs to be at that same yeah. high level. And so what we uniquely can bring really across the media workflows is that ability uh, to bring those super high levels of, of quality, of reliability, um, you know, of, of latency, of engaged uh, consumer, um, uh, you know, UIs and um, experiences, uh, bring that then to the DDC and then really sort of help that industry to really maximize its potential from a business standpoint and um and to really do some new things in creative ways so eric it's it's the time of year then we'd we'd normally uh be packing our bags and getting ready to head over to your your side of the globe and vegas and nab uh, obviously that's been uh, postponed until october but if it was going ahead now what would be the key message uh technology or um, solution that MediaKind would be headlining on your booth? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the key part of it, w messages would be um, really taking our, our history and, and talking about sort of new ways of doing it, sort of the flexibility of the cloud. How do you easily be able to deploy out and to adapt to changing scale or unanticipated scale needs? Do that while maintaining, you know, that that pristine UHD quality, uh, you know, that that level of reliability from not just being able to watch a stream, but being able to transact against a string, a stream, or being able to uh, uh, engage with a stream, being able to mm. choose which stream you want to have. Uh, you know, the the level of flexibility that the cloud tech brings, you know, to the experience creator. You know, and, and so it's not just the content, but it's the experience creation piece of it yeah. is, is, is we're just barely touching the surface for it. And what we, our message would be about 
what our technology will do will really give you this great, fantastic new toolbox that you can use to start to explore and understand how is it most relevant? How does it really help to uh, amplify, uh, you know, the value that you bring to your consumers? Excellent. Absolutely. No, it's, I think it's, yeah, yeah, the future is, is, is going to be fascinating. Thank you very much, Eric, for, for, for joining us today. And, uh, and of course, as always, thanks to Media Proxy for their support, making these shows possible. You can find out more about them at mediaproxy.com. And we'll see you next time.